the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Or, yeah, really. All right, let's do this. Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy, as always, brought to you by Cavens Group. Check them out, cavensgroup.com, or give them a call, 405-573-3048, whichever you prefer. Phone call, internet, you know, they can do it all. Help you out in any way you need. Uh, hey, any week filled with softball is a good week, so I'm having a good week. That's what this week has been, a week filled with softball so far. Game on Monday, battle series on Wednesday. It's almost made me feel like we're already in non-conference play during the uh, actual regular season. Two games in three days. I've been enjoying it. I don't know about the rest of you. Actually, I do know about the rest of you. You've been enjoying it as well. And, you know, it just kind of had me thinking on this Thursday as we're recording. It's just another cool aspect of of college softball. And I know that we're all in football mode around here, and we all love we all love college football here. But you know, you think about that sport, you really get one chance in the off season to see your team. Most years, when it comes to following a college football team, you know, from the bowl game to the season opener the next year, you really get the spring game, and that's kind of it to see your team in the off season. Um, basketball, you may have zero opportunities, maybe one at the most, kind of like at football, right? But OU softball, um, you get multiple opportunities throughout the offseason, and like this week, multiple opportunities in the same week. And you get to see them play other teams, too, which is cool, which you don't get in the other sports. And, you know, granted, when you see them play against another team, it's probably going to be against a JUCO team, like a regional JUCO team. But who's complaining? I mean, who, who really cares, right? Like Softball is softball uh, because you're just counting down the days until first pitch for the regular season. It's just uh, it's cool. I, any chance you get to see T.R.A. Jennings hit one off the scoreboard or Kinsey Hansen hit one out opposite field, it's worth it. It's worth your time. It's worth your money. It's worth your attention. So it's just another element of college uh, softball and, and, and OU softball, of course, that, that I really enjoy. It's as much of a year-round sport as you're going to find collegiately. And when you know you can pack out a Monday or Wednesday night game in October, like OU's doing right now, you guys are either at the game or seeing the photos and videos of the pack stands, I think it makes that decision to open it up a lot easier when you know a ton of fans are going to come in and support. But hey, game on Monday night, 37-0 win against NCTC. North Central Texas College. I believe that's in uh, Gainesville, Texas. 37-0 in 10 innings. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you you should handle NCTC. I think we can all acknowledge that. And, hey, this team did. You know, and, and really, for a fall game that doesn't count, this doesn't really count towards your records, you, you, you know the opponent that you're playing here, I think the main story isn't the 37 nothing score, which the OU football team would take against UCF this weekend. I don't think the final score is the main story here, or, or even who played well in the game. I think the main story might be what the starting lineup looked like and what the starting lineup looked like at one particular position, and that's at shortstop. Because we've talked about it before countless times this offseason already, and nothing's changed. Repro- replacing Grace Lyons at shortstop is going to be the biggest question mark going into next year. You feel like you're in a good spot to do so, but replacing her glove, replacing her spot in the order, replacing her leadership, we, we all know that storyline by now. It's a big deal. So, 
I think the main story is, all right, first time Patty Gasso puts out a lineup card against another team, who's going to be the starting shortstop? And before we get into this, full disclaimer, I just want this known here, first and foremost, I in no way believe that who started at shortstop on Monday night or any other point this fall, or any other position for that matter, I don't think that that necessarily solidifies that player for the season opener next year. But again, it's still at least interesting to see in mid-October how Patty Gasso fills out a lineup card at this time of the year. And on Monday, it was Alyssa Brito starting at shortstop. And though I go back to my full disclaimer that Brito's starting at short on Monday does not 100% lock her into a starting job come the, come the spring, I think there's absolutely, there, there's definitely a chance, maybe even a good chance, she is your short, short uh, shortstop next year. I wouldn't lock that in long ways to go. But Brito being your starter for the majority of the season at shorts, that, I don't think that that would surprise me at all. In fact, I it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the case. And it just kind of, like to look way too far ahead into that, if that is the case, if Brito is your day one shortstop, it would be her third position within with the program in, in three years. Like, let's remember, she showed up here and won the job in left field, made some great defensive plays in the Women's College World Series, really kind of emerged middle part, late part of that year. And again, like was great defensively in left field, um, including in the clincher against Texas to to win the national championship that year. But then she moved to third base last year and was better than solid. She, she's really good at third base, one of the best third basemen in all of the country. And now she might move to short, where and I'm going off the past two seasons on this, and my belief in Alyssa Brito as a softball player that she'll have another really good season. But it, you just don't see it much where. A player moves to three different positions in three consecutive years. Now that speaks to her impressive versatility, but it's rare. It's rare in a program like Oklahoma, right? Like you might get an outfielder move from left to center one year, but to move from from left field to to third base and then over to shortstop, you don't see that a whole lot. But I think Alyssa Brito is more than capable of not only doing that, but doing that at a high level. So I'm excited for her and the possibility uh, of her playing short this year. And if we're looking at players this year, capable players to play that position, and going back to the storyline of replacing Grace Lyons, Alyssa Brito is one heck of a candidate. You could tell that she's one of the leaders on that team. Um, Obviously, she's a really good player, talented player, big-time bat in the lineup. She was batting second on Monday night, so... If that's what ends up happening, I, I feel uh, I feel good about it. And hey, maybe this is all for nothing, and maybe she ends up at third base. But I could absolutely see an infield next year that consists of Kenzie at catcher, Sid Sanders at first, T.R.A. Jennings at second, Alyssa Brito at short, Alina Torres at third. And that was pretty close to what you saw on Monday outside of Sid Sanders at first. Ella Parker uh, was over there. But look, here... I'm going to feel, feel y'all in on something. Whether I'm 100% right or I miss on every single one of these, this team's going to be good. I mean, the offensive numbers this lineup is going to put out, oh boy, I uh, I can't wait. And look, there was no way I wasn't I was going to make it an entire episode without saying how good this team will be again. It's mandatory. It is. 
I just feel like I must brighten your day every episode and tell you how legit this team is going to be again this year. And, you know, you don't need me to tell you that, but hey, I'm excited. I'm trying to get you even more excited for the season as well. 37-0 over NCTC. Cassidy Pickering, I'm already a fan. Watch out for her. We covered that in last episode. Kirsten Deal, one of the big storylines this offseason, continues to look sharp. Seven strikeouts and three innings. Like that a lot. Big offseason for Kirsten Deal. Big offseason for her. And what I mean by that is this is a big offseason for her to take the next step from a situational closer type of role to a main starter in the rotation. And OU's got a lot of capable arms right now, but I think Kirsten Deal is right there at the top in terms of capability in the circle as a starter. So I think that she will take that next step, and I'm encouraged by what I've seen so far and heard up to this point. But yeah, her improvement is going to be key, and she improved so much last year. So much at the tail end of last year. But that next step is a big one, right? Uh, Peyton Monticelli had seven strikeouts and three innings like Kirsten Deal. So all in all, a nice night from the, the from the pitchers. Again, you overpowered uh, their lineup, but a lot of strikeouts, no runs through ten, ten innings. Can't really can't really complain about anything the pitchers uh, did on Monday night. But then on Wednesday during the battle series, it was kind of a, it was kind of all about the big names at the plate, wasn't it? Kenzie Hansen was the gold medal player, had an impresso opposite field bomb to right field, and uh, that one had me thinking. By the way. If you've ever wanted to catch a home run ball at a no use softball game, like if that is your life's mission, if that's your kid's mission, I, they, someone you know, they want to catch a home run at an OU softball game, these battle series games are like probably your best opportunity to do so. Because there's just so many home runs that are hit during these, you're going to get multiple a night. And probably a better opportunity than the regular season when it's completely sold out there to uh, come up with the home run ball. But Kinsey Hansen looked good. Opposite field bomb. Jeez, I, the, the silver medal player was T.R.A. And jeez, she crushed one. I mean, that was a tank. I think D.J. Sanchez said it that it hit off the Jumbotron. It had the distance to go several feet over it. Like, I watched the replay of that. And if it hit off the, the, the Jumbotron, which I don't doubt DJ Sanchez there, but it, it could have it could have rolled several feet past the Jumbotron if it didn't hit it. I mean, it was, what a shot. But that's T.R.A. Jennings, so I guess we should expect it, right? Uh, bronze medal player was Alyssa Brito, just as solid as they come. You can always count on 33 to be solid defensively, really good at the play. She's just a really good all-around player. And, and we spent... A lot of this episode already talking about Alyssa Brito, but rightfully so. She's just she's just good. Third, short, left field, heck, pitcher. Throw her in there. Alyssa Brito's going to help you win a game. All right, I want to tell you guys about Cavens Group, the title sponsor of the Diamond Envy podcast. They support us, so make sure to support them as well. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Tulsa, they serve you as well. 918-282-7612. Or check them out online, cavensgroup.com. All right, non-OU related, but, well, I say that now. I say that October 19th, 2023. 
In 2028, when this happens, this could turn out to be very OU-related. But softball is back in the 2028 Olympics. And that's, that's awesome, right? I think that's a big win. And why I say that this could turn out to be OU-related is I'm going to guess that we see some former Sooners suited up for one or maybe even multiple countries. Love that. Like just another win for women's sports, right? And it's fun to think about how much the sports will continue to grow in five years because it's felt like it's grown so much throughout the past five years. And what happens in the next five is going to be fun and a lot of, you know, very exciting to watch. OU's really helped lead the way when it comes to growth of the game of softball. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change in the next five years, just a hunch. But Team USA has one or maybe even multiple Sooners on the roster, which will be really, really cool. And uh, maybe we travel out. Maybe we travel out across the country to see uh, Jada Coleman playing center for Team USA. T.R.A. Jennings playing second for Team USA. Heck, maybe the U.S. will just say, let's just have all OU players on our team, and that'll guarantee that we win a gold medal. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But I, I would venture to guess that there's going to be at least uh, one former, heck, maybe even a current Sooner on, on the roster. Who knows? Um, what will lead the way in terms of growing the game is if we can get a softball game at a football stadium. Nebraska volleyball, of course, did it. Iowa women's hoops did it last weekend at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. They had a scrimmage, and Alex Starocco wants it at the Cotton Bowl. Okay, Alex, I don't, I don't hate it. There's just one problem with OU and Texas playing a softball game at the Cotton Bowl, and it has nothing to do with OU. I don't think Texas would hold up its end of the bargain. It's like a 92,000-seat stadium, and while I would never doubt OU fans, OU softball fans would show up, I would doubt that Texas fans would show up and do their part. I feel like if you had OU and Texas play a softball game at the Cotton Bowl, the stadium would look like the fourth quarter of the 2000 OU-Texas game or the 03 texas game or 2011 or 2012, you know, the blowout games and they show the aerial photo of the Cotton Bowl and it's still full of OU fans and there's barely any Texas fans on the other side, all crimson and a few burnt orange shirts on the other. That's kind of what I feel like it would it would look like if uh, if we were to do this. But I do believe if there's a way that it can work, be it in Dallas or Arlington or Norman, I, I think that they're going to make it happen in the future. Doesn't look like it can happen in Norman, or at least on Owen Field, but hopefully hopefully they can figure out another location because I think it would be one of the biggest moments in terms of exposure that college softball has seen. And I think a lot of people would show up, a lot of people would watch it on TV, so I am, uh, I am keeping hope alive that we see that at some point. So, yeah, during these off-season episodes, just want to keep it short, want to keep it sweet, uh, kind of recap what's going on throughout the week. I continue to be excited about these freshmen. So if you've got comments uh, about a game against NC, NCTC or Battle Series or who you like, who you think's going to win a position battle, at Tyler underscore McComas on Twitter. Slide in those DMs. Give me your thoughts. And as always, we'll include them in the next episode. But we'll talk to you next week right here on the Diamond Envy Podcast. I appreciate Caven's group, as always, for sponsoring Diamond Envy. We'll talk to you next week.